Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Tuesday, Players Day off, but the coaches are entrenched inside Lambeau Field, drawing up plans, having machinations to beat those Bears on Sunday at Soldier Field. The big news, obviously, today, Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee and saying he got good news from the scans on Monday. He is in line to play on Sunday in Chicago and check in on his tenants there at Soldier Field. That's right. He still owns the Bears. He wants to remind those folks that that's his place. That's where he does his business. They, they may show up every once in a while, but he owns it. And uh, I'm not surprised. Guys uh, ready to go, fit, and ready to uh, take on the Bears. I'm not surprised that he's going to. Not surprised that Matt yesterday at his press conference saying that, you know, if Aaron's good to go and if he's healthy enough, he'll be out there on Sunday, and that seems to be the case. We'll have to wait a little bit longer before we get our look at Jordan Love, but I'm sure it's coming. Um, something I've seen a lot of is this kind of hand-wringing from both the fan base and a little bit of the media, too, is about Jordan Love. Oh, they have to get a look at Jordan Love. I mean, they didn't have a huge look at Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers got the nod as a starter back in the day. People remember that pretty, you know, exciting performance of his down in Dallas on that Thursday nighter. But outside of that, he had come in on spot duty basically when the Packers were out of it in games and played pretty mediocre football. And outside of that, the Packers didn't have a whole lot to go on from in the sense of, you know, regular season reps. I mean, the Packers probably have a decent idea of what they've got with Jordan Love, and they've seen him progress every summer. They've certainly seen him play better on Sunday night than he did last year in his lone start in Kansas City. Now, obviously, the situations are different. The defenses he was facing are certainly different, but he's played better every time he's got on, gotten a chance to get on the football field, and that's what you want from a young quarterback. But this kind of... I don't know, hand-wringing and consternation about, oh, they got to get Jordan Love out there. He'll get out there. Just let it play out. I mean, there is little doubt that the Packers, though not yet quite technically eliminated from the playoffs, will be sooner rather than later. And when that happens, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers, as he himself indicated after the game on Sunday night, will have certain conversations with the franchise, and they will probably get a you know a number of starts from Jordan there down the stretch. But I think they're in any hurry to do so, and I don't think they need to. Um, and I love that Aaron Rodgers wants to go down there and kick some bare ass. That's just awesome. Hello to everybody in the comments section. Good to see everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Ryan, good to see Nick's here. What's up, Nick? Ryan, I go back and forth on Aaron playing. Love Aaron, but want to see what love can do. You will. You can have plenty of plenty of opportunities to see what love can do. That that is coming. That check is in the mail, no doubt about it. Um George says, I guess there is some value in our young receivers getting to play with Rodgers for as long as possible to help develop them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, the idea of being able to get Christian Watson and Toure and hopefully maybe Dobbs, if he is back is able to come back off that uh, ankle sprain, any number of reps with Aaron Rodgers is a valuable thing, considering the fact that there is a very good chance, and I know this is not the clickbait stuff that you're going to read online, but the chances are more likely than not that Aaron Rodgers will be back in a Packers uniform next year. And yes, banking those reps with those guys now will pay off as they go forward. No doubt about it. Uh, what did I think of the USA game in the World Cup? Callum, I loved it. I was biting my nails down there towards the stretch and really wish they had gotten that second goal prior to having to hang on there. But getting through the uh, 
to the knockout round. That's uh, for a team that wasn't even in the World Cup last time around. That's a fantastic accomplishment. I love it. And I'll be watching on Saturday. I'm very excited. Uh, pretty much house money at this point. You know, the, the, the USA is, is not a great team, but hell, they got a lot of young, exciting players. And you love what Pulisic did today. That, that was putting it on the line for his country. Got to love it. Um, Colin, some days it's tough to separate the guy from the player. That day is Tuesdays. It must be my victim mentality. I suspect you mean, you know, hearing from Aaron Rodgers every Tuesday on McAfee's program. I mean, can I let you in on a dirty little secret? I don't watch. I haven't watched most of them, like even like since he started. Um, You know, most of the clips end up on Twitter. I consume what I need to there. And if there's something that, you know, is very topical when it comes to the team. Yeah, I'll probably tune in for a little bit or go find it afterwards. But, man, I love that he's the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and I love the way he plays. And he's brought the Packers tons of great moments over the course of his career. But yeah, I don't need to know what books he's reading. I'm sorry. This just ain't my thing. Uh, Brett, the D-line coach for the Niners should be our target for D.C. if he doesn't get the D.C. job in San Fran after D'Amico Ryans gets a head coaching job. Definitely one of the guys to keep uh, eyes on, pipeline-wise, though – it's always a question of who is on Matt LaFleur's radar. You know, you never really know. Um, but, you know, every uh, everybody coming off of a uh, – in the pipeline in a good defensive program is probably going to get mentioned. There's no doubt about it. Uh, this season sucks so bad, the only thing I have to look forward to is a look at Jordan Love at this point. Nick, no, 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 no. The only thing you have to look forward to is beating the Bears and then the Vikings. That is it. That is what the season is all about now. The rest of it is gravy. Beat the Bears. Beat the Vikings. That's it. Uh, what's up, bro? What's up, Nicholas Bowling Show? Please, can we hire Fangio in the offseason? I'm sure his name will be in the mix, and I do not doubt he will have a number of teams giving him a call. Uh, will the Packers be one of them? Stay tuned. We'll see. I mean, if you call Fangio, you're pretty much saying you like the defensive system you just don't think barry is up to the task of running it um i don't know we'll see uh if watson is able to stay healthy and he gets 10 plus touchdowns as he fly to the top of the rookie of the year i'd be surprised i mean it's possible you never know if he keeps being a touchdown machine sure yeah there's a possibility but i would suspect just because he did so very little in the first half of the season that's probably out out of the out of the picture, most likely. Brian, thanks for the super chat. After NFC championship game loss, Matt LaFire hired hired Barry and Drayton. Damn. Man, you ain't lying. That's a tough road to hoe right there. I mean, I understand what Matt said is saying uh, in that Monday presser when he was asked about the possibility of moving on from Barry and or just taking plate calling away from him. You know, and saying we 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 work as a staff. We're in the sucker together. I get that in this moment, right? Like, look, I understand last year he he pretty much said the same thing about Drayton, and that ended up costing them that playoff game, right? But we damn for sure know that there's most likely not going to be a playoff game this year. Um, and if you remove Barry right now, what does that do, right? It, okay, so you have Jerry Gray, I guess, calling the defense, which is fine. 
But is that going to help guys miss ta- make tackles that they missed? You know, I I understand Matt kind of circling the wagons here till the end of the season. Now, will there be a conversation and a possible move in the offseason? I think that that's a possibility. But right now, I understand where he's coming from. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Barry defense really doesn't seem much different than the Petten defense. The only connection is Matt LaFleur. Can you make any sense of it? Uh, I can make sense of it because I very much disagree with that assessment. Um, the Petten defense was better to my eyes. I mean, you look at last year, uh, there wasn't any great improvement in the rankings. They were pretty similar, actually. And now they've taken a step back. I mean, for as frustrating as Mike Petten's defenses could be, I mean, that guy has forgotten more about defensive football than not only you and I, but a lot of people in the NFL. The guy's a really good defensive coach. And I know people want to say whatever they want to say, and you you can quibble with some calls here or there, whatever. But the man's a good football coach. And what we said at the time was, you know, if you want to make this move, you got to nail the hire. And it sure doesn't look like LaFleur did that. So uh, more than anything, I think they've taken a step back under Barry from where they were with Pettin. Uh, got that one. Holds, hold, please. On culture, what's up, man? Nice to super chat. Hurt QB and bargain bin Barry and his refusal to adjust equals misery. Today's jams are break stuff by Limp Biscuit and when the levy breaks by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> bargain bin Barry. That's so good. Hello, fellow fanatics. What's up, TK Miller? Uh, Colin, we finally have a burner running behind blocks on returns. Hallelujah. Why did it take 12 weeks? But yes, it's great to see a dude who like puts his foot in the ground and gets up field and is unafraid and hangs onto the ball. Give me more of that. I'm down with it. What would I say are our biggest needs? Robert, you're not sucking me into a King draft conversation even before December. That's not going to happen, buddy. No, sir. I refuse, straight up refuse to talk draft before December. I'm not going to do it. Remember, you were asked about Sala becoming D.C., more likely Matt LaFleur. Oh, where'd it go? Matt LaFleur becomes Sala's offensive analyst with brother Mike. Oh, folks already firing Matt LaFleur. One bad season, and everyone's, I get this in my Twitter mentions all the time. Oh, you know, Matt won't fire Barry. Well, you know, then maybe he needs to go. One bad season, and you all running for the exits. Man, Packers fans used to be made of sterner stuff. Didn't used to be so brittle. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Matt's not going anywhere this offseason. Y'all need to calm down. Ruben, what's up? Thanks for the super chat. Do you think it's time to look for a blitz-heavy defensive coordinator? No, because what's, you know who was a blitz-heavy defensive coordinator? Bob Slowick. That was a disaster. It's not a question of blitzing more. It's a question of rhythm when it comes to sending pressure and knowing when to and when to hold off and when to play coverage and things of that nature. Blitz-heavy, no. Is it time to look for a different defensive coordinator? Possibly, but at some point, how many times do you make moves at the coordinator positions before people outside the building the people you're trying to attract to the jobs start saying, well, you know, I could go, go to, could go to Green Bay, but there's a high likelihood I'm going to get thrown under the bus. You don't want to be known as the guy who's continually churning through assistance. You know, Matt's not quite there yet, but you start firing Barry and a few other guys and coming off the upheaval they had last offseason. I don't know, man. At some point, it's it's on you, as Matt has said several times. Vex, thanks for the super chat. Whenever you can hire a coach from an 0-16 team, you got to do it. I will say this defense has no fight, no imposing their will, needs some anger and fight. Well, it needs is more Rudy Ford. That guy plays like a million miles an hour, and it just jumps off the screen. When you're watching the tape, it's like, oh, there's that. There he goes, like every time. Yes, they need more of that, no doubt about it. Now, is that a lack of motivation? Is that a lack of coaching? I don't know. Each one of those guys is a professional football player, though, and they should need no motivation. They should be playing with their hair on fire, but they, uh, they definitely have waned the last couple of weeks. The, the fight, the fire, whatever you want to call it has been absent the last few weeks of that. There is little doubt. And that's a concern. Do, 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 do on culture. What's up? Thanks for the super chat. Can you imagine if Twitter existed during the seventies and eighties, man, it would be quite the circus. There's so many instances where I think about that, like not just like the 70s and 80s, but like the early Favre years and things like that. I mean, Brett Favre, people, Twitter would have been calling for Mark Brunel every game. Would have been braying for Brett Favre's blood every interception. And there were some real stupid interceptions prior to the man going on and winning three straight MVPs. People today have no patience at all. Tyler, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Matt LaFleur confirmed four bi-week transplants. Nags for DC. <laughs> Nothing's confirmed yet. We're, well, we have talked to the Packers about it. We'll see what happens. Vex, thanks for the super chat. How did Sunday compare to the 70s and 80s? Oh, not at all. Not at all because, um, you know, they actually scored a lot of points. I mean, there was a brief window there in the early 80s with uh, Dickey and Lofton and JJ and Kaufman where they could move the ball and score, and that was a lot of fun. In fact, that touchdown from Watson reminded me a lot of a long James Lofton run after catch. Um, but, yeah, no. They were at least uh, competent on offense in the way they were in the 70s and late 80s. 
I will say though, the defense pretty similar, not too, uh, not too dissimilar at all. That was a thing in the, especially when I was a kid, man, it was all about, we could move the ball and we could score points with anybody, but we couldn't stop them. We couldn't stop a nosebleed. Like it was terrible. Ryan, thanks for the super chat. It's just like a DC that doesn't have the D in the next county. The D in the next county. I'm sure that makes sense somewhere, Ryan, and I'm sure you're alluding to something that's uh, escaping me, but I'm sure it's just like that, yes. Has the Brett Hundley train left yet? <laughs> oh, you guys are too much. Uh, we're nowhere near the 80s. No, they're not. They're not. I like to joke about it, and it is kind of fun because they have been so inept this season. Um, but yeah, no. This franchise is in much better shape, is, com- is 10 times more stable in a much better situation than they ever were in the 80s. That is true. Playing off too deep on defense. Dylan, that shit drives me insane. It does drive me insane. I will say, though, you know, there are certain calls where clearly they are being told, okay, now it's a press situation and they execute those. And sometimes they get beat and sometimes they don't. But more often than not, uh, they are playing a lot of off coverage. Now, that's partly due to the scheme that they're running and the philosophy of wanting to let things happen in front of them and come up and rally and make a tackle and keep them short of the sticks. It's all well and good, but you know, at some point you got to be situationally aware. And I talked about this with Andy on uh, let's talk football. I mean, it's third and 14 there at the end of the first half. They got them right where they want them. As far as zero defense, that's a down you should win. And the Packers play really soft, allow basically the, Eagles to get 13 yards and go for it on fourth down, which they do and convert. And that drive ends in a touchdown. Oh, how much did they lose by a touchdown? Every score counts. Every situation counts. And when you're giving up 13 yards on third and 14, you are not competing. And that's what's so frustrating. And that's what I've said again and again and again. I believe one of the titles of my videos was, you know, not allowing them to compete. Let your guys compete. For the love of God, know the situation, know who your players are, and let them compete. That's what drives me nuts. Uh, (coughs) I don't want to miss any super chats here. Um, Uncultured, thanks for the super chat. The Lindy and Fonte era, remember that excitement? It was exciting for a few months. That's that's no, no doubt about it. Deshaun Perry, thanks for the super chat. How's this season changed or shaped your opinion on Matt LaFleur? I still think Matt's a good coach, and I still think he's dealing with a lot of stuff behind closed doors that we're not privy to. That said, I'm really getting frustrated with his, quote, faith in people that do not reward that faith. Whether that's Amari Rogers, whether that's Joe Barry, whether it was Mo Drayton last season, seems to have this real, I don't know, I'm not going to call it a problem, but real tendency to put his, quote, faith in guys who then do not reward it. Now that could become a problem. But for the most part, yeah, I still think he's a good coach. I still think he's done a really good job overall with this football team. And by this football team, I mean the Green Bay Packers over the course of the last five years. Um, This season definitely got away from him. Definitely juggling a lot of things that some of it his own doing, some of it, you know, with a personnel group handed to him. 
and I've talked about it before, there seems to be a real disconnect between coaching and personnel with this franchise at the moment. Um, hopefully that's something that gets ironed out this next offseason. But I, like I said, I do think there's there's quite a bit behind the scenes that we aren't privy to that I'm I'm whole I'm reserving judgment on when it comes to Matt Lafleur. Let's put it that way. Uh, what else we got? Wally Pip, Domikowski, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Not quite yet, Rick. Not quite yet. Nathan, this defense has a lot of the same issues as the Pettin-led defense did, and the lack of self-scouting is brutal and not being able to recognize the talent on this team. Well, yeah, when you talk about the scouting aspect or scouting your own team, what kind of drives me nuts is the really obvious shit coming into the season. Like, you know, you sign Rasul Douglas to a deal, and this is where I'm talking about the disconnect between personnel and coaching. So you signed him, and you felt the need to get him on the field, so you played him in the slot at nickel where he had no business playing. Still doesn't have any business there. He's a perimeter guy. Maybe he should be playing safety, although maybe that's probably a discussion for the offseason. But in no universe should he be playing nickel. But they felt compelled to, I guess, because they had drafted Stokes and they had Jair coming back and they didn't want to put Jair in the slot for whatever reason, even though he played extremely well there in the playoff game against the Niners, and generally has the body type and is a much better cover guy, much more able to handle those two-way go situations. Didn't want to do that. So you tried to put a you know square peg in a round hole there. And that's just one instance. Those are the, the frustrating moments where you see things that I understand there's scheme and there's all sorts of data about how to play certain situations and the, what the call is, is coming off of that. I get all that. But man, when there's a blazingly obvious thing when it comes to personnel like that, that drives you nuts. That kind of really, I don't know, gets you scratching your head like what the hell? Like why it takes so long to come to the realization that Rudy Ford should be playing over Darnell Savage. You know, clearly being driven by the fact that he's a former first-round pick and they just picked up his option. I mean, that's obvious. Because there's no way in God's green earth you're making that determination off the tape. Keeping him out there, I mean. Like, those are the things that are so beyond frustrating. 100%. Can Rashawn Gary bring back the Tim Harris six guns next year, Nick? Next time I talk to him, I'm 100% asking him that. I do think he probably gets some kind of penalty from the NFL for simulating a weapon or some nonsense penalty that they'll probably pull out, but I love that idea. Uh, I feel like Joe Barry has completely lost his guys. Krista, you might be right. I tell you what, judging by Sunday night, you talk about independent contractors and making business decisions and not showing a whole lot of fight or heart. You got... Uh, Got a lot of tape there to suggest that you might be correct. No doubt about it. Sir Alex of Hayden, thanks for the super chat. We're Packers fans, and we back our team through thick and thin, so take a swig of carry the G, a bite out of a block of cheese, and hunker down for the season. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Go Pack. That's uh, that's very well stated, and I think that's a great place to leave it. Can't thank, thank you guys enough uh, for hanging out each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels for your Packers daily chat. Please do me a monster favor and hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide.
Gary the G Club members and Patreon members, the happy hour is going on tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. In the meantime, please hit like, hit subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. We're devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go. Uh-huh. 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 Uh-huh.